Annie J. And I'm Jill Coleman. Welcome to the Best Life Podcast. Here, we talk about everything from success, money, relationships, and entrepreneurship to productivity, honest communication, positive psychology, and how to cultivate an abundance mindset. Make money, travel the world, deepen your relationships, live full out. This is the best life. The podcast coming up was recorded live at our very first Brunch With My Besties podcast tour launch party in Los Angeles. We hope you enjoy it. Just mind you, this was recorded live, so you may hear some background noise and audience members, but we really hope that you appreciate the conversation that we had and make sure to follow our panelists, Lori Harder, Patrice Washington, and Lisa Bilyeu when it's all done. Questions too. So if you came with some, or hopefully 
Ghost Film. We'll make sure we come up to you guys. Yes. And I also want to give a couple shout outs early on, and we will take some here later, but thank you to Bumble, Bumble BFF for providing these amazing goodie bags. We want to thank Coco Vinny for the coconut, um, Open Bar LA for our bar, and Miss um, Catherine Drysdale right here, who's just been like coordinating this whole event. So please give her a round of applause. Is holding me back here. Or holding. Can we also just appreciate Danny's skirt? <laughs> I know. I wanted it to be fluffy. This is like my birthday party. Well, it's the best life birthday party. Yes, it is the best life birthday party. This is our one year, so. So, part of the Best Life podcast is that we have real conversations that basically Jill and I are best friends, and we've had so many conversations on walks, in cars, lots of tears, lots of drinks, and things that we talk about that we decided we needed to record. And so one of our first episodes was about the affairs that our husbands had, and that's really how we connected and decided that this was the best life. And if that sounds weird to you, you probably need to go listen to that. <laughs> but that being said, we wanted to just have like real conversations, and we wanted it to feel like these are just conversations with friends. And we get a lot of people who say, gosh, when I listen to you guys, I just feel like you're my girlfriends. And so I know as women, um, it's sometimes hard to find friends and hard to find friendships, which is also why we have Bumble BFF here, because it is a way that, if you guys don't know, you guys don't Bumble. Bumble BFF? It's kind of like a new version of, um, like, anyone knows Bumble? <laughs> 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 anyone want to admit you're on Bumble? <laughs> there we go, that's a single lady. connect with people who you might want to have like adult friendships with, right? Like that's, how do you guys feel like sometimes, especially as we get older, it's a little bit harder to find genuine friendships. I think it's easier to find like superficial friendships, but maybe to find more like real, authentic, where you kind of feel like you can be yourself. And you know, the reason why Danny and I started the podcast and called it The Best Life is because we, again, we're going through similar things in our personal life and both were going like, man, we're like mid thirties on the dating market again, this is weird. We haven't been single since we were like 18 years old. We don't really know what this looks like. We're entrepreneurs, we're traveling, we're making money, we have our own businesses, we're so grateful for all these things. And then how can you find moments of gratitude even in like the suckiest, shittiest moments of your life? And really, it was this one moment we were at, I had a tiny little place in Santa Monica. You guys have heard this word before. Tiny little place in Santa Monica, and um, Danny was fresh out of marriage. I like, literally had just come to stay with me. I was like, you can stay on the couch. couch. For, <laughs> I always love that story. Which we are. I was living on the couch. She really was. <laughs> it was just couch. like little couch, just like all of us. <laughs> all of on the couch. I've lived on the couch. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So, uh, at least you weren't living in your car. That's another It's true. I've done that too. <laughs> staying with me for literally just like a handful of days, crying nonstop, 
and so we were sitting out, I had this little patio, the place was actually so small that you couldn't hang out inside, that there wasn't even room to hang out and sit and relax, so we went outside, it was my patio, and it was four blocks back from the beach, so it was amazing, but it was so tiny, and it was, the sun was setting, and we're talking about life, and we're drinking wine, probably several glasses in, and the sun is setting, and I remember it was just like this purple and pink sky, we were four blocks back from the Santa Monica Pier, and I was just like, can you believe we get to be here right now? It was like a Tuesday or something, like sitting out, having a glass of wine, laughing, crying, talking about this. And then it's like the most beautiful sunset. And I was like, amidst all of the turmoil, we get to be doing this. And like, this really is the best life. And so being able to find those, those like just little pieces of sun in or like little like shiny bright spots when life kind of sucks sometimes. And so we've been hanging on to that concept for about a year and it took us about another year and a half to and then that just became our mantra. Like every time something, we just look around, we're like, this is the best life. Well, this is the best life. Like, when do we get to do this? Yeah. So again, right now, like you guys up here, like my friends and peers and also just like people I look up to, this yes. is the best life. Like, and you guys, thank you. That's I would also like to say, you know, everyone's like, she's living her best life. We came up with the concept before that was even a thing. We invented this shit. Okay, so let's let other people talk here. So, <laughs> so okay, one of the cons, uh, we're coming up with some shirts I was hoping would be ready by today, but they're not. There's things that aren't ready today and you're not gonna know about it, so it doesn't matter. But, I was kinda, I've come up with these shirts that said, BYOB, be your own bestie. So I wanna talk about that concept, because I know, Lori, you have like, a tribe called Bliss, it's about connecting with women, but I really wanna talk about like, how important it is to be your own best friend. And that, that's not specifically for Lori, just <laughs> 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 like, here you go. <laughs> I mean, I think this can go in so many different directions. And that's fine, we can go wherever. Well, let's go wherever we want. Okay, um, be your own best friend means something even totally different to me this year than it even did last year. Because my own best friend this year is like the right chill the F out. Like, it's what your best friend would say to you. So I'm, have you, have you guys ever heard the term like, you, we almost have to reparent ourselves like to give yourself what you didn't get when you were younger. Um, I do that a lot because I didn't get necessarily what I needed when I was younger. I don't think any of us did. I think it's our parents' job to definitely F us up. Um, <laughs> what you need um, in, in that space and time. So for me right now, it's, it's grace. Like my, I'm giving myself all of the grace in the world to just be like, if you don't want to do anything, don't do anything. Like if you're procrastinating, there's probably a beautiful gestation period that's supposed to be happening right now. Like just not letting it mean anything because at the end of the day, I mean, I have this theory that like nothing literally means anything unless you give it meaning. It just doesn't. So that's also like one of the most freeing things that you can do. Can I answer that? Please. So for me, every every year I choose a word for the year or a theme. And my theme this year is I choose me. 
And so kind of being my own best friend is just kind of like what you said, Lori, understanding that I don't have to choose based on shoes. Like, I don't have to choose things based on what other people's expectations are or what someone else thinks I should do. I choose me. I choose whatever feels good for me. And that means I'm not above backing out. Even the things that I've said, okay, I'll do this. But I did it out of like, uh, you know, sometimes people actually do things. You're like, oh, okay. And then right after you're like, what the hell? <laughs> Like, no, no, I choose me. Yeah. So is this truly a decision I made out of faith or did I say that out of fear? Yeah. Like fear of rejection or fear of what will they think about me? What will they say about me? And so becoming my own best friend is like, I choose, literally, I'm so into this right now. I'm thinking about getting it tattooed, like right here so I don't forget. Like literally, I choose me. You did it too. <laughs> so that's confirmation. <laughs> We're going to Remembering that, and I think being your own best friend is figuring out what that word or that theme is for you, and being the one to remind yourself, like finding ways that you can remind yourself, um, because it's easy to get caught up in the, you know, whatever is routine, whatever is the normal thing you gravitate towards, but being your own best friend is like reminding, like we would remind our best friends, like, girl, knock it off, yeah. right? Sometimes there's no one to call. Friends are busy, other people are busy, they don't answer the phone, they don't pick up when you want them to. So you have to find ways to remind yourself that you choose yourself first. Mm. Yeah, I think for me, um, being my own best friend is being honest with myself, whether it's um, a good thing or a bad thing. So it's talking about all the things that I don't necessarily want to hear. When you can turn to your, your best friend and they can be that brutally honest with you without feeling like they're gonna um, bring you down, that's what I try to do with myself. So a lot of people, try to have like the positive attitude all the time. I actually find that, that that doesn't work for me. I need some of the negativity. I need some of that talk saying, Lisa, you need to step it up. You're not doing what you promised yourself you would do. Um, and giving myself a kick in the butt is also um, just as important for me than it is um, telling myself what I can do. Because I think that that's also important. But being brutally honest. I have a question because what you brought up about choosing you, um, and this is, Obviously, like I want this to be conversational, so like steal the mic from someone if you just want to jump in. Um, but about being selfish. So sometimes when you say I choose myself, because I've been doing that more lately, and I was kind of dating a guy, and he was like, I feel like I'm not a priority. I was like, you're not. <laughs> I was like, I'm first, and you're somewhere down the list. But you're not even second. So. I'm first right now like this is just it and so I think there can be that fear of maybe especially I'm not a mom but as moms too who feel like well if I choose me then suddenly I'm selfish or so how do you guys deal with that or do you even deal with feeling or like you're just having conversations with people in your life like if you're making a shift maybe you have done a lot of things out of obligation or you know, like, or fear like you had mentioned so do you have to have a conversation with people in your life and be like hey I'm doing this or is it just you start acting differently what's I think you can, I think definitely you can apologize to people for allowing them to believe that you were okay with it. <laughs> like, no, seriously, I did this podcast episode called, no, I'm dead, I'm Yeah, so I did this um, podcast episode about boundaries, and I was talking about the fact that if you have to create a script for yourself, create a script, you know? Like, hey... 
friend, you know, whoever, um, you know, I apologize that for the last three months I've led you to believe that I wanted to help you pack. I don't. There's packers for that. said some things or agreed to something faster than you should have, and you've had time to process, and you thought about it, and you know what? I love you. This doesn't change any of that, but I apologize for leading you to believe that that was actually okay with me, or if it's bad behavior or anything. It's actually not, and so I decided that that just doesn't work for me anymore, and I'm so glad that you understand, and that because you love me, <laughs> you get it. I hope you guys are writing this down. Take notes. Script. We'll get that for you guys. <laughs> I also just want to change the language or the interpretation around the word selfish because everybody thinks it's such a negative thing and I think that it's so important fundamentally to each and every one of us that um, yeah, I think we just need to stop thinking of it as a negative because I think everyone here needs to be selfish at some point in their life. I do it every week. Yeah. Once a week, I do something that's completely selfish just for me, not for my husband, not for the business, and it keeps me sane. Don't you guys have a practice, you said on our podcast when we interviewed you, tell us about that again. I yeah, so um, we play a game called Selfish Desire. So every weekend, I sit with my husband, every weekend, and vacation, anything we're doing, we're like, okay, what is your selfish desire? And that means you cannot think about anyone else. You cannot think about your partner, you cannot think about your kids, you cannot think about your business. What do you actually want to do? Do you want to stay in your pajamas and literally like drink tea and watch crappy television and that's what you want to do, you should say it out loud and own it. And I think that that's one thing that we, we are ashamed of or like embarrassed about and it's like, I just freaking own it every weekend. So that's what we do. We sit down together and I say something, he says something and most of the time they're complete opposite. So what we say is, okay, well, if we want separate things, do we go off separately? Do we do it 12 a.m. on a Saturday, you go do your selfish thing, I'll do my selfish thing, and then we come together after? Or is there a way of doing our selfish things together? So if he wants to read and I want to tan, let's say, he'll read next to me while I'm tan. That's it. And you also have another part where you had to be um, like agreeable, right? So if you want to go shopping and he hates it, he still has to go with you and be. Well, so that, he needs to be that's, that's a discussion. That's a discussion you have to have, yeah, right? And it's it's okay. Well, if your selfish desire really is just lay in bed and have sex all day, then I really want you to tell me that. So at least I know what you're, you know, what's going to make you happy. And if my dream is to go out and shop all day, then do we figure out a way that we can, you know, sex in the store? Sex in the store. <laughs> whether it's a partnership or for yourself, set yourself up for success. If you really know what you want, go out there and get it. Yeah. But you have to go out there and actually do it. I want to add to choosing me doesn't mean that I don't choose you. Like, it doesn't mean that I don't care about anything that happens to you. It's yeah. just like, you know, how do I renegotiate what this looks like, you know? Yeah. Instead of just kind of what you said, reframing the word selfish or reframing this idea of choosing me. Um, because even with my daughter, and what I feel like I've realized is that, first of all, when you choose you, people respect that decision. 
all the stories that we make up about what people are going to say, half the time the things that we want to say no to, the truth is if you just told people no and they could find another option, they'd be like, okay. <laughs> and you're like pining over it, like, I don't want to do And then you tell them and they're like, oh, okay, cool, well, I'll see you next time. And you're like, what the hell? What am I all this for? Well, my daughter taught me a valuable lesson. Um, my friends and I were going to see Michelle Obama at the forum uh, a couple months ago when she was here for becoming. And my daughter had basketball practice, or it was basketball tryouts, which by the way, she hit a killer three yesterday, but I got that. And so I felt like I needed to be at the tryout, but also make my way from South Pasadena to the forum at five o'clock in the evening in LA track. Like, what was I thinking, right? And so I get her after um, the tryout, and we're headed there, and I'm like, the best dressed mom at tryout. I look crazy. Like, it was just a lot. traffic and I'm like I hate my life type of thing. I'm not saying it but I had that like head on the steering wheel type of feeling. And she's like, Mom, you know, I really could have went home with Ava. Like you really didn't have to come to the and she like broke down all the things that I did wrong. I I didn't really need to put that additional stress on myself and I was like could have said, Mom wants to go see Michelle Obama, and I want to be in Inglewood hella early, and I don't want to deal with traffic, I'm going to eat before, like I could have had a whole, and she would have been like, oh, okay, and I made up this story in my head about what she would think about me wanting to go do that, and she was not even bothered, and I think that's the thing that we have to remember is, these are stories that we create. If we would just communicate what our selfish desire is and say, this is what I need, most people will respect it and say, oh, okay, cool, go do that. And the people that don't, you gotta even ask yourself, well, why the hell are you in my life anyway? Because you don't care about what I want or need, so, yeah. Oh, can we, sorry, can we talk about people saying that you're selfish when you don't, when you choose to not have kids? Oh, oh well. selfish to have kids if you're doing it because you think kids are going to make you complete like you're you're having them for that reason like to make you uh, so you want to pass down your values to them right so it's just it's an interesting thing because I like I I can see the both sides but I have a hard time like I have a hard time wrapping my mind around why it's selfish to not um, yeah. Would you get it a lot? I get it all the time. When I say out loud that I've chosen to not have children, they're like, oh, you're so selfish. And I'm like, wouldn't it be selfish for me to have kids and then not want to like actually bring them up? <laughs> <laughs> it's actually worse. Right. So the fact that I know that I, I don't want to spend my um, every waking moment taking care of my children, like that's my choice. And right. I think it's the most unselfish thing to do by knowing that and then choosing to not have children. And I think that going back to the word selfish again, it's like if you want kids and that's the most selfish thing you should do, you should do it. Mm-hmm. But if I don't want kids and that's the most selfish thing I should do, I should do it. Right, right. But to be called selfish for not having children, um, yeah, I fucking am selfish then. Right. <laughs> yeah, we did an episode on having the courage to live an unconventional life, and that has gotten a lot of downloads.
downloads. And so, you know, that's one example. But what are, do you guys have examples? You guys are entrepreneurs, you, you know, have your own podcasts. Is there times when you feel like you have to justify your lifestyle to people or you feel oh, like you have to, you know what I mean? Because it is unconventional, right? I, there, was, there, there was a long time when I feel like I had to justify my lifestyle to my family. Um, I'm sure, who feels that way? Anyone in this room? Okay. Really nice words. It's a real job. Okay. What are you doing? I'm not yet. You know the moment you can come out for a month? You get in your house. I'm like, I work. No. I work from home. And I don't like you. I'm just kidding. I really do. But not for more than like after a week. That's good. to, um, honestly, we talk about this all the time, and we're really open with it, and these are conversations that we've had to have with our family, so we had to uh, have these conversations with our in-laws about moving from the Midwest to California, because it was our dream, but to a Midwest family, it was very important to them. Their priorities were to keep the family together, and I totally get that that was their dream and their vision, but what happens when some of the family rocks that boat, you now are the one who's made wrong for it. So there was a good two years of our life where we were in all-out battle with our family, and it was so hard because we love them. We, we love that relationship, like we had a great relationship, but our dreams did not match their dreams in their life. And so it was a major for them, like, well, you know, this is the end of our lives. This is what we pictured for this, spending time with the family. We're like, this is the beginning of our life. This is what we pictured for our life. So um, the, the beautiful part is I love that all that's coming up is just you have to have challenging conversations all of the freaking time. Like if you're like, oh, I'm not used to that. Well, if you want a really great life, you're gonna have to get used to having really tough conversations, maybe daily, especially if you have a team or you become an entrepreneur or if you are an entrepreneur. So that's definitely a conversation that we, we still have as our dreams shift. Go for it, go for it. Yeah, I need it. Okay, my biggest challenge our moms at school are the mothers at my daughter's school from the time she was little until now because I've always been America's money maven and since she's been a little baby so it always came with a lot of travel or you know going to speak or do media and stuff and I always get there's always like one or two moms who want to do that little thing that they do you know and they do see it they're like oh you're back you've been gone forever you know, it's like, um, it's that judging, yeah. but that like nice nasty. <laughs> and then they like ask you those little jabbing questions that are just really full of venom. And you're like, first of all, man, I see right through all of this. <laughs> um, but I've learned, and I don't do it anymore, like I don't have to justify why I choose to do what I do. Like, as much as I am called to be Reagan's mother, I was also called to do the work that I do. Yeah. I don't do it for kicks and giggles. Like, I truly feel like this is what God put me here for. And so, who am I to dismiss that so that I can sit at a practice all day? Like, that's not my ministry, okay? Like, that's not what I was brought here for. Um, and the great thing is, as a mother of a little girl, is that my daughter gets to see that. She gets to see the work that I do. She's traveled all over the world. She's been everywhere. She comes to events. She met Lori and thought Lori was her best friend. <laughs> Everyone thinks Lori's her best friend. <laughs> and, but she's mine. <laughs> she gets to see a woman that is a very 
involved in present mother because I am in everything that's important for her. My friends come out to support things that are important for her. And when I'm not there, I have family that is available to be there for her so she feels supported. So to judge because I choose to go on a book tour or you know do these different things, it's very annoying to say the least. And now I just, you know, smile and say a little something nice. <laughs> yeah, like, oh my God, and those thousands of women, they just loved it, it was great. <laughs> the line for my book sign was amazing. <laughs> but just saying like, you know, I, I, I think the main thing is, because kids are gonna grow up and then what? They're gonna grow up and move away like Lori did. Yeah. <laughs> you know, because I have a child or because I choose to have children. But the other thing is, is people get really judgy because, so they're never happy, Lisa, right? So they want you to have a kid, then you have one, and then they're like, she doesn't have any siblings. Mind your own. Mind your own. Why are you worried about my reproductive system? Mind your own. Like, you know, and that wasn't by choice. I've, I've experienced secondary infertility, and I've talked about this on my, on my podcast. But people that come up to you and say the craziest things, and it's like, you have no idea the journey. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You have no idea the journey. I've had girlfriends who have had 10 miscarriages, and they're successful entrepreneurs, and people come up and say the dumbest things, like, so you're more worried about your business than having a baby? Oh. Shut your mouth. <laughs> you have no idea what people are going through behind the scenes. Yeah. And to judge and make it about, oh, your business or your this, you just have no idea. Um, and I've experienced all of those things. I love that you said that, you know, being an example to your daughter, because Danny and I talked about this quite a bit, that like ownership is the ultimate power, right? If you just own the situation that you're in and kind of not apologize, you know, we talked a lot about our husband's affairs and people are a little bit taken aback because we're like, hi, nice to meet you, I have an affair. Like it feels really like, <laughs> what? And, and so, but we we've talked about it so much that it doesn't seem like that we've worked through it all and I'm really good friends with my ex and Danny is too and like so for us it's not that like really scary thing anymore and we're much more empowered because we just don't make it this big like taboo thing that we're trying to hide so I think owning it and showing up in those situations and those conversations and just like like you do completely own it like yeah the thousands of women that were there was amazing like you know I think there's something so powerful about that and gives other people permission maybe to do to step into their power they hadn't Choices. And again, it goes back to the stories we tell ourselves about what they're saying because about the justification, I I moved and I was looking to buy a new vehicle. We were living in mountains, so I wanted to get um, an SUV. So my husband and I wanted to buy a Range Rover and it was in my head like the nicest car we'd ever had, but it was used and we were going to pay for it cash because we had been working on that and it was only $12,000 and I felt like I needed to tell everybody. In front. Like, you know when you buy something and you're like, yeah, but I got it at TJ Maxx. <laughs> and I was so scared. I actually was like, well, for $12,000 I could get like a Kia and it's newer, but I really just wanted a Range Rover and I wanted to feel good in it. And I kept going over about like what my mom was going to think because my parents are like, my mom, everything is, isn't that expensive? Isn't that expensive? Mm-hmm. So I was so terrified. I was literally writing affirmations like, I deserve a Range Rover. <laughs> and I finally got it. And then she called me on the phone. She's like, oh, what did you guys buy? And I said, a Range Rover. She's just like, oh, she didn't even know what it was. Yeah. <laughs> and the whole time I was like, I almost got a Kia because I was worried that my mom was going to think it was outlandish. But I bought a used Range Rover and I need to like get ready to tell her the price and why it was a good deal and all of this stuff. So we literally just make up those stories and like Patrice said, sometimes 
they're like, oh. And even if they don't say, oh, let them judge while you're driving off in your Range Right. <laughs> two things because one when someone is judging you just remind yourself it's about them and not about you yeah. their, their own emotions their own feelings and reflecting it so I remind myself of that so I don't take it personally and then the second thing when I find myself um, justifying I, I, I ask myself why am I doing this because it's a clue either you're insecure about it and so you have to justify it in your own mind or you really want their praise. Okay, so why do you want their praise? What is it about that person that you're really looking for them to give you um, credit? Um, and so I just ask myself these questions because it's not, I don't think it's healthy to always feel like you have to give you, um, a reason why you're doing something um, if you're secure in it. So I think it's, it's a nice way of assessing where you're at. Yeah, back to Jill's owning it. My granny used to say, let your yes be your yes and your no be your no. And like, literally, yeah, just say what it is and then just pause. Like, we, we like to say something and then before people can even process, we're like, and the reason that I said that was because they're, like, <laughs> they're still processing. So you may not really need to do that, you know, especially like in sales and different things you learn. You just say it and then you But if you can't afford that, we can certainly kind of figure out. Yeah, yeah, just, yeah. just told them the price. Yeah, like they, they yeah. Yeah about how they can make that happen or they're thinking about what are the references that they like their brains are not working as fast as you think but because you had all this you know energy behind it already you're ready to like vomit out all this extra information that's just not necessary totally you guys relate to this yeah. Yeah. oh any questions and Lori had something else to say oh no, okay. we're going to take some questions I was just going to say, I've been talking so much about and thinking, because this has been my life, so it's just coming up in my life over and over again, <laughs> like making peace with the decision and letting that be the end. So once the decision is made, that is the end. Like you don't get that little luxury that you used to like that you don't even realize you're getting weird hits off of, of like fighting back and forth with yourself in your head. If you're wondering why you're so tired every single day or you're so stressed out, it's simply that you haven't made peace with a choice. Like, if you can just be like, I said no to that, and that that's what I'm going to make peace with, and let that be okay. So whether that takes grace, whether that takes forgiveness, whether that takes a conversation, you have to do whatever you need to do in your head to make peace with the decision that you made. And so that's what I'm like, Okay, I said no to that. I'm not gonna think about what they think, or I'm not even gonna let myself go down that road of what I think. It's like, nope, done, next. And the free time in between there is almost overwhelming. You know how we're like, oh, I have no time. You're like, actually, if you stop thinking about all that shit in your head, you have so much time. You know, like, this was that two hours of nothing. That's amazing. So that's been like just over and over for me. How do you make it? How do you make peace with it? Just a decision. It, it's truly just a decision that when it comes up, I'm like, no, you, you no more thinking about it. Like I stop the thought over and over again, or I say, uh, I think about what it gives me when I don't think about it, or I think about the like what possibilities it opens up when I just stop thinking about what's not real anyway. Yeah. Like we're actually donating all of our time to something that's fake. Like it doesn't exist, you guys. It's a made-up world. Yeah. So if you take that time back, you actually can create a real world. Like physically, I I found that something like a physical thing to yeah. do once I kind of make peace with a decision. Um, if I have to send someone an email and it's like I said what I said type of thing, and I hit send, I just delete the whole thread. <laughs> you, know, you know what yes. we do, right? We go back and then we want to read what we said to make sure, and then we want to 
like reread what they said in the first place, and then we have like this back as them. Yeah. Because I think that, you know, first of all, if there's going to be a response, I'll see it when they reply. Right. I'll get back to it. But for my own sanity, like, you know, I just delete the whole thing. It's like yeah. out of sight, out of mind type of thing. I do that with text messages, too. You know, some of us will save years worth of text messages so we can go back reading and be mad. <laughs> no. Like, because even the, it's clutter. Yeah. And one of the things we talk about in redefining wealth is just clutter, you know, and how clutter is the manifestation of chaos in your mind. It's the physical manifestation of chaos in your mind. And so when you hold on to those things, even when you're not looking forward for it, have you ever like run across an old email <laughs> looking for something else? No, really. Or you like typed in one friend's name and then a whole thread came up from something else that happened. And then you go through it and you relive the whole, like, yes, yeah, I told her. <laughs> To live in that, like you don't have to do that. And one of the ways to make peace is just get it out of your space, mm -hmm. your digital space, your physical space, your mental space. Just the mental space is huge. Like I know Jill and Lori are from the fitness industry, and myself as well. And we worked with a lot of women with body image issues. And when I stopped like worrying so much about the food and stepping on the scale every single day, measuring every little thing that went into my mouth, I had so much more time like to do other things. I was like, there's so much room for activities. But they're just, I was like, what do I do with all this extra time? Because you can actually make a difference, make an impact when you're just, when you stop just obsessing over all these extra little things. The conversations with people too, that's a big one. I love it. So who has any questions for these guys? Um, I gave myself Hold the mic closer, you know. when I was 16, just like Danny, and I reunited with him three years ago. Hold your mic closer. So when I reconnected with him, of course it was like done through Facebook at first, and then when I physically met him, I had those initial text messages. And it continued, and then I got a new phone, and they wiped away. And I was devastated. And my husband's like, why? I'm like, because those were our first messages. And he's like, but he loves you, and he's your son, and he's in your life. And I was like, you're right. <laughs> but I was like so holding on to that for so long, and until he's like, you're going fucking nuts. Like, stop. You know, so that was like a real slap in the face, like I just need to delete it and let it go because now I can pick up the phone and I can text him and be like, I want to see you next weekend and I love you. And he's like, I love you too, I can't wait to see you. Right. You know, so I don't need the first ones because yeah. we've had our first. Mm -hmm. oh, thank you for sharing that, Cam. wiped out photos and been devastated like who I like actually went and got a new phone when one time I deleted Danny's text start with me. <laughs> the reason was not because of the texting but the amount of images that we had shared back and forth in screenshots over the last three years. I was like there's no way I can like use this. I got a I legit went to Apple and got a new phone. We need those photos back. Yeah, yeah. She called me on the phone. She's like, I had to get a new phone because all of her texts were deleted. I was like, Good thing you did that. <laughs> so you need to know. Okay, so we actually have. Well, any more?
more comments or questions. Don't be shy. Don't be scared. Um, Jill, you want to grab those little things behind your plants? Okay, so we're going to wrap this up a little bit. Okay, so what is the next, what's the next part of um, Yeah, so <laughs> tell the people what to do. Okay, people. You people. Um, <laughs> we would love for you, we're going to eat cake, all of us. There's cupcakes in the back. Um, it's Miss Pris Cupcakes and Such on Instagram who made this amazing custom cake for us. You guys have all these little mini cupcakes. Us ladies, the panelists, and all of you, we just like, we really want this to be like a brunch with besties, so we want to get to know you. So we would love for you to like mix and mingle for a little bit. We have pictures, I also on the little back. We want you to write like what your best life is and what that means to you and pin them up. We can take pictures and read those. And that's it. Yeah, grab some, get some more champagne. Please eat the food. We have so much back there. Eat your breakfast. Fill your stomach before alcohol. 